It's estimated that between 60 and 70% of the future electricity supply in sub-Saharan Africa will come from off-grid systems. In this episode, we look at mini-grids development in Africa and also delve into the harmonization of tariffs across the continent. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial. Off-grid renewable energy solutions will be key to achieving universal access to electricity in sub-Saharan Africa. But this will require mini-grid development that is closely tied to national policy decisions and regulatory frameworks, and also creating an enabling policy framework for large for large-scale uptake of the decentralized mini-grid sector. Samuel Saboa, project coordinator for the African Forum for Utility Regulators, joins us for this episode. What does the mini-grid sector in Africa look like? I could say it's still a relatively new field because um, most people look at mini-grids as, uh, aside from countries like, let's say, Kenya, Tanzania, Nigeria, they have really solid mini-grid space. They even have regulations in place to govern these mini-grids. But if you go to a country like Burkina Faso, a country like Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone uh, has some regulation. They also have some mini-grid uh, uh, developments as well. But now Burkina Faso is starting out. You find a country like as developed as Ghana also is starting out. So that's why you see, I would say that it's, we're at baby steps. It's a new field in Africa. That's why there's, there's not so much knowledge about it. Are national grids not expanding fast enough to meet the needs of their countries? The quite a number of reports out there and they all hint towards the same thing that sooner or later the main grid is going to be focused on let's say the main cities industries things like that then where does that leave you could say the smaller communities the domestic people the people with really small smaller businesses or even in in some instances like here in uganda where they're trying to get uh industrialists to directly buy from the generators such situations where I am a big, uh, I could say I'm a big industry. I need a lot of power. I can't rely on the main grid. I would have to get a a smaller mini grid to supply me power. So there are just a number of reports we have read over the last few years. The the literature review that we did was quite extensive. And uh, there's even that report there as well. And that's where all that information came from. But it's it's still 60 to 70 percent. It's still also up in the air because there will be more refined research done, probably by others. It could be by ourselves that will come out to a more zero down figure. Let's talk tariffs. Is the harmonization of tariffs achievable across Africa? Tariffs, it's a complex conversation. I can tell you, for the case in Tanzania, they're, they're trying to sort it out right now. They had one of the best mini-grid regulations to come up with a tariff. One day the government wakes up and says, no, we want everyone to charge this tariff. So you, 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 I think you're seeing some of the things that play there. There's the political will. There's the, the government's deciding that these are the tariffs. But then if you look at it the other way, the factors in Uganda are not the factors in, let's say, South Africa. They're not the factors in Nigeria. So that's why there's a lot of disharmony. 
and 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 that's what's mainly causing headache for some of these for these uh, private investors, these private mini grid developers, and it's something that we have seen in our in our in our gap analysis in our interaction with the private sector. But that's the main thing of this project. We are not telling people that ignore the factors that are happening in your place. We're telling them that look, we have a structure, a cost-based structure where someone to come up with a tariff the general the general principle is you have your costs uh capex uh, that's capital expenditure operation expenditure the taxes everything like that and then you add a small bit of uh, of uh, agreeable rate of return that's how you come up to the formula of that gives you your tariff and that's that's even what we are trying to say that for currently in Africa the level we are at as Africa that's where we should concentrate. However, because different countries have different plans, different ideas, they use different methods to come to this tariff. And that's what causes a major headache for a, a mini-grid developer. Let's say I, someone, will come to Uganda. What I find here is different from, let's say, if I want to expand into, um, let me say, Mozambique. I'll find something completely different, and it's headache. So with this project, we're trying to say, fine, we understand you have different factors. Let's say taxes, um, excise duty, you have different bank rates. You, you'll definitely get funding from different areas. However, let us all use one simple harmonized method to come up to this tariff. That way, if I'm a developer, I'll say, okay, this is a method. This is a tariff tool that is used in Uganda. If I'm in Nigeria and I want to go there, yeah, it's also the same one. I won't have much headache. And the fact that we have um, many energy regulators on board, because uh, we have a project steering committee and we have 14 countries on the continent whose energy regulators are part of the PSC, the project steering committee. They help us make the decisions. They say, yes, this works. This doesn't work. When you have those 14 and then the other outsiders, uh, there are quite a number as well who say we are observing to see because they are interested in this space. They're observing. You see that you have a bit of buy-in. Already um, we know we have a partnership with AUC. They, they, they work with us and they are aware of what we are doing. So when with all these factors in play, there is room for harmonization. The challenge, I believe, is going to come in the legislation. Different countries are at different levels. You can't just put something there without legal backing. And that's where the challenge is. And there, there's a lot more needed in terms of training for all these regulators. They want it. They are interested. But there are other factors which they are not yet sure of. And that's the legal regime. And that's something we're also working on to ensure that as a project progresses, as we reach the stage of adoption, we're training these people that these are the legal instruments you need. This is what you require to ensure that you can actually put this tariff tool or these methodologies into play. That was Samuel Seboa, project coordinator at the African Forum for Utility Regulators. A quick look at the other stories making it into the podcast. 
Developing countries face growing risks from financial fragility created by the COVID-19 crisis and non-transparent debt. This is according to a new World Bank report. According to the World Development Report 2022, Finance for an Equitable Recovery, risks may be hidden because the balance sheets of households, businesses, banks and governments are tightly interrelated. According to the World Bank Group President David Malpass, the risk that is economic crisis of inflation and higher interest rates will spread due to financial fragility. He adds that the tighter global financial conditions and shallow domestic debt markets in many developing countries are crowding out private investment and dampening the recovery. The report also shows low-income economies in particular face more severe constraints in choosing optimal policies due to external factors weaker institutions and more limited fiscal space. The World Bank's report is coming just days after a survey by Geopol revealed that three out of every four businesses have used solely their founders' own funds to finance their businesses out of the COVID-19 quagmire. This as commercial lenders hold onto funds or simply prefer to lend consciously after being forced to carry the heavy debt burden after borrowers failed to honor loan repayments due to socioeconomic disruptions caused by COVID-19. Nigeria-based fintech giant Flatwave has raised $250 million in the Series D funding, its single biggest investment to date, valuing the company at over $3 billion. Per company statement, the new funds will help drive Flatwave's ambitious expansion plan to accelerate customer acquisition in existing markets and growth through mergers and acquisitions, as well as develop complementary products. The completion of the fundraising round more than two years after Flatwave announced a partnership with Visa and WorldPay highlights the growing interest in the burgeoning payments market in Africa. Flatwave has processed over 200 million transactions worth over $16 billion to date across 34 countries in Africa. The Central Bank of Zambia left its key interest rate at 9% at its February 2022 meeting as inflation declined sharply since November and economic growth remained fragile. Policymakers noted that headline inflation eased to a near two-year low of 15.1% in January of 2022 from 16.4% in December and down from a peak of above 24% in June. Inflation is projected to continue trending downwards towards 6-8% target range over the medium term, averaging 13.2% in 2022 and 7.3% in 2023, pointing the benefits of securing an IMF program as well as the positive impact of higher copper prices, mainly through the exchange rate. The economy is seen expanding by 3.5% in 2022, by 3.6% in 2023, and by 3.9% in 2024. The committee said that the key downside risks to growth include uncertainty surrounding the resurgence of new COVID-19 variants, low vaccination rates, and lower-than-anticipated recovery in major trading partners. And a quick look at the markets. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange All Share Index was up by 0.9% at around 76,000 515 on Wednesday amid easing concerns over an eminent military conflict between Russia and Ukraine that could have a destabilizing effect on the global economy and ahead of the Federal Reserve minutes later in the day. On the domestic data front, annual inflation rate in South Africa eased to 5.7% in January of 2022 
from a near five-year high of 5.9% in December, as expected, and moving within the South African Reserve Bank's target range of 3-6%. to A separate report showed retail sales advanced by 3.1% in December, the most in six months and above market estimates of a 2.7% gain. In Namibia, stocks hit a 12-month high. The Namibia Stock Exchange overall increased to a 12-month high of 1,726. It overall increased by 155 points or 9.8% since the beginning of 2022, according to trading on a contract for difference that tracks this benchmark index from Namibia. The Namibia Stock Exchange is expected to trade at 1,658.89 points by the end of this quarter, according to Trading Economics Global Macro Models and Analyst Expectations. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is akfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at the Fidel.